Hey everyone, it's Leslie Ludy, host of the Set Apart Girl podcast, Biblical Encouragement for Women of All Ages. Today we're going to look at such a key topic, finding true happiness. The world is constantly telling us, if you just go here and do this, if you just experience this, if you just buy this, if you get that, if you achieve this, if you attain that, then you'll actually find the happiness that you seek. But the Bible tells us something very different about finding true happiness. And in many of Elizabeth Elliot's messages that I've heard, she quotes a philosopher who once said, all men seek happiness, there are no exceptions. And that truly is what everyone is after. How do we become happy? The world tells us that getting what we want in life is what is going to make us happy. But if you've ever had something fulfilled, a desire fulfilled in your life, maybe you've realized that that is a very short-term happiness. You might have that temporary high that comes from achieving something or finally reaching a milestone or getting something that you've wanted for a really long time, but eventually that exhilaration fades and you find yourself wanting the next thing or reaching the next wanting to reach the next milestone or gaining that next position and you're always kind of chasing that carrot that's dangling in front of you looking for that sense of contentment and happiness and like i said the bible has a completely different prescription for what leads to real happiness if you've ever studied christian history It's astounding to realize that Christians who have been in the most dire of circumstances have often been the most happy of people. You can read stories about people who were imprisoned, who were tortured, and even who were martyred, who had a song in their heart and a smile on their face the entire time. How is that possible? Well, I want to tell you a few things that have happened in my life that have kind of led me to understand a little bit of what those Christians have experienced in a happiness that is not based upon circumstances. I remember when I was about 17 or 18, it was my birthday, and it was a day when I was really feeling discouraged, disappointed, and melancholy. I'm not exactly sure why. I think maybe there had been some disappointments that day. Maybe some people had forgotten my birthday. I don't exactly remember the circumstances, but I was feeling kind of down. And that evening, my family and I went to a home group meeting with several close friends from our church. And while I was there, I was kind of just um, nursing my own self-pity and just thinking about, you know, how I was feeling. And somebody asked me if I would lead worship on the piano. I was pretty reluctant. I didn't really feel like worshiping. But of course, because of social obligation, I began to sit down and play and sing worship songs. And at first I was just doing it out of obligation because I didn't want to disappoint the people around me. But as I began to play these worship songs, people around me were really starting to worship and genuinely praising God. And I found that it was contagious. I began to really meditate on the majesty of God, the faithfulness of God, and the incredible love of God. And as I did that, I felt my spirit lift. I was no longer focusing on myself and my disappointments and my self-pity. I was not even worshiping anymore just out of duty or obligation. I began to really delight in Jesus Christ. And that's when I began to realize a very life-altering truth, that it is impossible to be depressed and gloomy and melancholy when we're delighting in Jesus Christ. 
Isaiah 61 3 says that God gives a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Now that seems kind of counterintuitive because praising God isn't what we would normally think of as the cure for a heavy spirit. Usually when we're feeling down, we're going to be thinking about, okay, the way that I need to lift my spirit is through some kind of physical comfort or mental distraction. I just need to go watch a movie or go shopping or go meet up with my friends or go do something fun or go on a vacation. That's what's going to lift my spirits. Or at the very least, we think, you know, processing our feelings and our emotions and our struggles with someone who's going to listen to us and validate how we're feeling. But this concept of taking our, our eyes off ourselves entirely and delighting in God, how would that possibly lift our spirit? And yet that is what the Bible says is going to bring joy into our lives. Now, I want to look at this at a deeper level because the, the biggest pitfall that most of us have when it comes to happiness and joy is that we are looking to the situations and the circumstances and the relationships in our lives and we base our joy and happiness on how those things are going. So if circumstances aren't what we want them to be or relationships aren't what we want them to be or things just aren't going according to our expectations, we feel that we have the right to be down and disheartened and discouraged. If things are going well, if we've you know, had something really good happen, then we feel like, oh, now it's time for me to be happy and and fulfilled and joyful. God asks us not to base our joy and our happiness on anything to do with circumstances. That is why when we praise him, no matter what is going on in our lives, even if we're in a prison cell, our spirits will lift and we will find happiness in him, happiness that is not based upon our circumstances. When I was a teenager, my family and I went on a missions trip to Mexico and we went into these colonias around the city of Juarez and they were these poor makeshift communities where most of the people lived in cardboard boxes or cinder block makeshift homes. Some of them didn't even have floors. A lot of them just had dirt floors or didn't even have roofs on their houses. And I thought, you know, when I got there, I was expecting everyone that lived there to be very dour and depressed and gloomy. And yet I met so many local people that lived in these colonias who were joyful and happy and outward focused, even little children who didn't so much as have one toy to play with. They just had to play in the dirt with rocks and sticks. They were truly happy. And it really convicted me because as as I was riding home on the bus from that experience, I was asking God, you know, I have so much compared to those people that I just met. And yet they're running circles around me in the area of contentment and joy. And I began to look at the word of God. Where does happiness really come from? Where does joy really come from? I began to realize that I had fallen into the habit of basing my happiness on circumstances instead of a person. The Bible made it clear that I had everything that I needed for constant joy in Jesus Christ, but I had started this habit of putting my happiness on hold until such and such finally happened. So before I met Eric, my thought was always, well, when I finally meet my future husband, that's when I'll really be happy and fulfilled. And then once Eric came into my life, it was a new thought. Well, when we finally get married and settled into our new home, that's when I'll really be joyful and content. And then there were a lot of little moments throughout the day where I would delay my joy until circumstances improved. So, you know, once I get done with this miserable project, then I can be happy. Or, you know, once this person starts treating me better, then I'll be cheerful. But until those things happen, it's reasonable for me to be down and depressed and irritable. And as I went to the word of God, I began to realize how off base this reasoning really was. If persecuted Christians can rejoice in their prison cells, if impoverished people can be cheerful, 
cheerful even amidst their poverty. If the Apostle Paul can be happy even with his unimaginable trials that he faced, then what excuse do we have to not embrace lasting joy? Joy is actually available to us, every single one of us, no matter our circumstances, through Jesus Christ. And actually, it's not just a gift or something that God says, hey, you can be joyful if you want to. It's a command in Scripture. In Philippians, Paul says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again rejoice. He's even emphasizing the importance of this, to turn our gaze to Jesus, to delight in who he is, to praise him, even in the midst of difficult circumstances, and to rejoice in all that he is, all that he's given us. And as I begin to really look at what the Bible says about joy, I begin to recognize that real joy, just like real love, isn't merely a feeling or emotion based on circumstances. It's a decision of the will. It's a purposeful act of fixing our gaze to Christ, anchoring our soul to him, and getting what we want in life really has nothing to do with true happiness. The secret to true joy is incredibly simple. If our eyes are on Jesus, we will be happy. If they're on our circumstances, we'll be discontent. It's really that simple. Now, since having that profound revelation so many years ago when I first started looking at what the Bible says about this, I have struggled many times with the temptation to become discontent or unhappy, especially when I'm walking through difficult times. So this isn't something where I feel like I've arrived and I just have constant joy. The enemy of my soul often whispers that I have the right to be gloomy or depressed. And he points to my circumstances. He points to different people who have let me down and say, and says, see, you know, you can be, you don't need to be happy. This is a bad thing that's happened to you. But whenever I find myself in that situation and baited towards unhappiness or struggling with just feeling down and disappointed, I've learned what the answer is and what it isn't. The solution is not manipulating my circumstances in some desperate attempt to get what I think I need in order to be happy. And it's not putting my life on hold until such and such can finally happen. Instead, it's taking my eyes off my circumstances and fixing them on Jesus Christ. It's anchoring my soul to the unchanging, unfailing rock of my heart. Jesus is joy. In him, we have everything we need for life and godliness, and that includes lasting, unshakable joy, no matter what. So think about this. Have you been putting your happiness on hold? Have you been saying, well, until this changes, I have every right to be gloomy and miserable? Or when this finally happens, I'll be able to relax and just be happy and cheerful and fulfilled. Remember that in Jesus Christ, you have everything you need for perfect happiness right now. I remember hearing the story of an American soldier who was captured during the Second World War and treated terribly in a Japanese prison camp. And while he was there, someone gave him a Bible to read. And he was in solitary confinement. He was half starved. He was absolutely miserable. But as he read the Bible, he began to encounter Jesus Christ. And he put his faith in Jesus Christ. And soon he began to realize that the entire atmosphere of that cell began to change. No longer was it this dismal place of death and misery. It became this place of life and joy and peace. And he realized to his surprise, that there was actually no place else in the world he would rather be than in that solitary cell, knowing Jesus Christ, worshiping him, studying his word, and praying. Nothing about this man's circumstances actually changed, but what changed was where his soul 
was fixed. No longer was it gazing upon his circumstances. It was anchored to Jesus Christ. If you know Jesus and you allow him to be everything that he says he is in your life, then you won't be tempted to chase after earthly fulfillment or temporal things to bring you joy. And even when your circumstances aren't what you want them to be, you can still have true joy. Here are just a few practical ways that you can start to find your happiness in Jesus Christ rather than your circumstances. First of all, I encourage you to study who Jesus really is in scripture. So many of us have a shallow understanding of Jesus Christ, but when you study scripture and you really allow the word of God to show you everything Jesus is and everything he wants to be in your life, it can truly be life-changing. You have a reason to smile and rejoice every single day. On our website, site braveheartedchristian.com there's a short film called he is and it goes through the names and the attributes of christ from the book of genesis all the way to revelation it is such a powerful video because it's a meditation for about 10 minutes on everything jesus christ really is so if you feel that you need to really know jesus more and he needs to be more of a reality to you every day so that you can rejoice in him that would be a great place to start Spend time every day worshiping Christ and delighting in him. A great way to do this is by reading through the Psalms because they really proclaim the glory of who he is. Listen to audio scripture, immerse yourself in the word of God, and make the goal of many of your quiet times simply times of worship and meditating on him. So easy to just focus on our own circumstances and the and the cares and concerns that we have when we're in a time of prayer. And that's not bad. That's in fact something God asks us to do is to take our cares to him. But don't neglect that discipline of just focusing on who he is and worshiping him. Because as you delight in him, as you praise him, your spirits will lift. Never lose sight of what Christ has done for you. You know, so often we think, well, if I only had this, if I only had that, I would I would get what I want out of life. I would be happy. But if you think about that we were dead in our sins and where we were headed, we were headed for an eternity of separation from God, an eternity of misery. And Jesus Christ sacrificially gave his life to redeem us and to set us free from that death sentence. We should be as joyful and exhilarated as a prisoner who was on death row about to be put to death about to be hung or sent to the electric chair, and suddenly they received a complete pardon. That person would be absolutely exhilarated. There would probably be no words to explain how excited that person would be. And that's exactly what Jesus Christ has done for us. So no matter what disappointments we're facing in life, we truly have every reason to rejoice simply because of the amazing gift of what Christ did for us on that cross. And lastly, I encourage you to turn outward and share the light and the love and the joy of Christ with other people. When you turn outward and you become Christ's light to this world, you become his hands and feet to the vulnerable. It is so much more fulfilling than simply living for yourself and trying to go after things you think are going to make you happy. When you turn outward and you become a vessel that Christ can work through and change others' lives, you will find an incredible joy and fulfillment that can't be found any other way.
I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. To go deeper into this topic, I encourage you to visit our website, setapartgirl.com and braveheartedchristian.com. We have so many articles and resources that will teach you in an even deeper way how to find your ultimate fulfillment in Jesus Christ, and especially the Set Apart Girl magazine, which is a beautiful, ad-free, bi-monthly resource that can lead you closer to Jesus Christ. It's perfect for women of all ages. It makes a wonderful Christmas gift for girls and women in your life. And we have amazing deals for the Christmas season. So visit setapartgirl.com or braveheartedchristian.com. And I pray you have a blessed and Christ-centered week.